0: Welcome to the Conversational Money Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it. This is where we talk about money, and it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool. Life is for living. Let's go. Good morning. Good morning. How are we? Hope everybody is fine. Welcome back to the Conversational Money Podcast. So, uh, last week, we saw a few things happen on the financial landscape here in this country. Uh, national insurance contributions being increased by one point two five percent, but more guttily for me, uh, the triple lock um, basically being uh, what what's the right phrase suspended or completely gone, um, which is a shame, um, and because obviously I spent a number of years in in pensions and and retirement planning that's really, really sad news and that will impact um, people who have worked extremely hard through their lives and that promise of being able to keep up with inflation in the way that the triple lock promised um, has now kind of been reneged on really, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it's very, very disappointing. And, you know, through thinking about this this past week and thinking about conversations that I've had previously with, you know, Gary Stevenson around, you know, the inequality, wealth divide, all this kind of stuff it got me thinking about what the topic for today's show should be. And so this topic uh, today is going to hopefully be one of inspiration and comfort, I guess. Um, And I know that there are different demographics that listen to this podcast. So this will apply to everybody, but particularly if you are of the older side of the spectrum who listens to this podcast. And uh, yeah, I wanted to call it it's never too late because, well, actually, it never really is too late. Um, I think I've shared a couple of times the story of my dad, who, in his late fifties, was panicking that he didn't have a pension. And well, at the time, I didn't realize that he was panicking about a pension until I started working in pensions, and it finally all made sense. But his his worry was that he had spent all of his uh, working life working, um, and surviving, but he didn't really give any thought to when he was going to retire. And whilst this episode isn't going to be about pension specifically in retirement planning, this is very much an overarching episode where we're going to talk about, you know, it's never too late to get started trying to secure your financial future, regardless of what stage you are in life. And it kind of takes me back to this old adage that the best time to have planted an oak tree is 50 years ago. The second best time is now. I know that for many people who I end up coaching, um, they talk about, I should have started this 10 years ago. Look, we can't undo what's already been done. And so what I try to do in those instances where I am working with people one-on-one is just try to get a sense of, where they are right now and ultimately where they want to be in the future because planting that oak tree right now or that money tree whatever kind of symbol you want to put to it the action of doing this now is the most important but ultimately when you plant a tree it doesn't just grow out of the ground without any TLC you need to continually water this thing care for this thing and the same thing applies for your finances It is very, very rare, almost impossible for you to put a plan in place for anything in life where you haven't got to revisit, review, nurture it, take care of it and pay it some real attention. And the same thing applies here for your finances. I mean, just think about it. If you are if you're health conscious and you go to the gym and you want to maintain a certain physique or a certain uh, weight, that is Going to require ongoing work. It's going to require you monitoring your exercise regime, your eating regime, so on and so forth. The same thing applies here for your finances. And so, what I thought I'd do in this episode is essentially talk about maybe some of the things that we fall into the trap of that prevent us from being the best that we can be and prevent us from perhaps watering this oak tree or tending to this oak tree or this money tree, whatever you want to call it the some the things that can prevent us from paying attention to things that we need to and i think it's really important for us to acknowledge those things right up front because unfortunately society and the way we're set up at the moment is designed for us to spend money more than you know invest and save money and we can see that in all over social media all over you know tv all over services that are packaged and sold to us on a day-to-day basis. They want us to take their services in exchange for our cash. And because social media and society puts this pressure or perceived pressure on us, we feel as though we have to elicit the services and pay our hard cash towards those things in order to perhaps uh, portray or maintain an image that in the real sense of the world doesn't really matter. This is very much the cycle that people fall into when it's all about keeping up with the Joneses is what does this look like to other people. And one thing that I have realized, you know, maybe over the last five years is that other people's opinion of me does not matter. Other people's opinion of my financial situation does not matter. And I think this is a really important message for listeners who are on the younger side of the scale, because when we start talking about, you know, the main thing that I well, there were a couple of things really that I want to highlight, but one of the big things that I will that I will talk about as one of the things that will prevent us from paying attention to things that we should do, younger people are more likely to fall foul to this. Older people as well. But I think as you get older, you kind of learn and you gain wisdom. So you're a little bit more wise to things. And that isn't meant to be condescending to the younger generation. But let's start off with, you know, some of the things that I think are worthwhile avoiding that we need to know of so that we can mentally signpost them and put a red flag a red flag against them so that we can identify when they are when they are as potentially in a position where they will influence and interrupt what we need to do in order to build that financial security for the future. So the first one is pretty big Okay. And I spent years struggling with this, like really, really struggling. And the funny thing is it's so easy to get into, but it's so hard to get out of. And it's, it's almost, it feels as though it's designed that way. But I think as human beings, we're not equipped to deal with this because it is all about the mindset. And again, we don't get taught some of this stuff in school. So whilst we think of that short-term gain and we indulge in these, in these things, we're not thinking about that long-term, how are we going to get out of it? And the thing that I'm referring to here is the is the D word, debt. Debt is bad. Debt, debt is the enemy, essentially. It is the enemy of anybody who wants to create wealth, who wants to invest, who wants to save, who wants to buy a home, who wants to do anything. Debt is bad. It is the enemy. Now, not all debt is created equal. I think this is really, really important. And maybe two or three weeks ago, two or three episodes back, I spoke about Danny, who was in a really strong position financially. But for him, he does have this hang up about debt. And actually, it's been one of the catalysts for him to get to where he is right now. Now, not all debt is created equal, there is good debt, and there is bad debt. So bad debt will be when you are lending money, to basically buy things that are not going to appreciate in value that end up costing you more money in the long run because there is a deficit on one side of the transaction i.e you're giving you're taking over debt to pay back in interest but what you use that that debt to buy doesn't actually appreciate in value to help you make those payments bad debt is abundant abundant And bad debt is being marketed to you every single day on social media in different shapes, forms, guises. And I think it's really important to be able to identify what those things are, what those services are, and see them for what they are, really. They are bad debt. And regardless of whether they have a 0%, and this is the one thing that everybody falls for, a 0% sticker on it for a fixed period of time, just try to avoid it at all costs. So bad debt will be your overdrafts. Bad debt potentially is going to be things like your car finance, credit cards, bad debt, because typically they are high interest. And if you exchange that money for something that doesn't appreciate in value, that is a bad debt because you have Inequality on that scale of that transaction. It's costing you more money to take this thing on. And unless you're getting something that's appreciating in, in value, it is classed as bad debt. Now that brings us on to good debt because good debt is debt that you would use to acquire an asset that will appreciate in value. That not only just helps you pay back the uh, debt that you've taken, but also that asset has value. You now own it and you could sell it in the future for even more than what you bought it for under. Debt, good debt will be things like mortgages, perhaps even business loans. Those kind of things are good debts because you're going to get an asset that will, that will appreciate in value moving forward. Now, once we know that debt is bad, I think the next thing in my head kind of underpins this all, and I say underpin this because. It is all about mindset and mentality and being able to rationalize and almost ration what we're intaking in terms of social media feeds, TV, radio, and just general conversations with maybe people that are around us, right? Because ultimately in my mind, I feel as though mindset sometimes goes out the window because again, we're not taught about money in school and we are not taught or told or educated on the fact that we need to have a financial mindset. And that mindset is going to be the driving engine behind the things that we're going to be talking about that you can do in order to secure your financial landscape moving forward. And you know, we're talking about it's never too late here. This is absolutely crucial. If you don't have the mindset to anchor yourself in, then everything that we're going to discuss is going to be so difficult that you may just give up and just be like, I can't be bothered. And when I work with people one-on-one, I always try to anchor them in the right mindset. Because look, this is not a gravy train. Life is not all roses. There will be times when things will get extremely difficult, where the world will turn on its head And you will just feel as though you don't want to go on and you'll just quit on your goals because it's simply too hard given the circumstances that you're in. Now, look, I watched Emma Raducanu last night. For the first time, an 18-year-old, a qualifier, win the US Women's Open. That was not plain sailing for her. Watching the match, you could see just in that second set how Leila Fernandez was coming back And think about the mental fortitude that it that Emma would have had to have had to ensure that she she kept her cool. She really focused and made sure that she didn't lose her head and she didn't give Layla a way back into the game. The same thing applies for your finances. Unless you're able to keep a cool head. keep your eye on the prize, it'll be very, very easy for you to get sidetracked. It's going to be very, very easy for you to be derailed off your course of action, off your plan and just do something else. And it's really, really important that that mindset is absolutely key. It's one of the big things that we focus on when it comes to coaching when I work one-on-one with people. Now, what are the things that we can actually do to in order to make sure that we are you know, doing things right now to secure our financial future from here on out. Bearing in mind that it is never, ever too late. And these are extremely important guys. The biggest thing that we need to do is we absolutely need to make sure that we have a clear idea of what it is that we are working towards. And when I say a clear idea, you know, I talk about goals all the time. This is what I'm alluding to. What is the goal that we are aiming for. Okay. So we need to be very specific around this and we have to also be realistic around it as well. And I, and I throw realistic in there, not nonchalantly, not because it's a nice word to have in there, but because from a practical point of view, given the world that we're living in right now, realism seems to be something that is a scarce um, notion or idea to even contemplate entertaining. With social media and everything, all this information that's thrown at us, we almost feel as though actually we need to be doing more. And I'm not saying don't aim higher, but what we need to do is we need to aim higher under the realism and the sense of knowing where our capabilities are and are not. So, for example, if for example, you wanted to have a pot of money of £100,000 invested or saved up wherever, or you wanted to have a property under your belt in five years time, then what we would be doing is having a look at, right, what is your income? What is your expenditure? What debts do you have? How much money is left over to actually work towards acquiring that thing? Now if you do have debt then it goes without saying straight off the bat that there, there needs to be a plan in place a specific realistic plan in place to reduce down your debts now i'm not saying that this is going to be easy and especially if you are well depending on where you are on the debt scale so if you've got fairly small manageable debt it should be relatively easy to come up with a, a plan to clear your debt first before you get on to the other stuff that we're going to talk about here in this episode. However, if you are racked with debt and you're really, really struggling with debt, i.e. you're getting letters through the post and you're getting, you know, all of these late reminders and you're getting letters from the bailiffs, then you really, really do need to seek proper, proper help. Um, and there are a lot of organisations that I will link in the show notes where you can literally just have a conversation with them and they can try and work through how you get out of the debt situation that you're in. But none of this is going to be possible if you have debts that you're still trying to service. The worst thing about debt is it is a drag on your income and therefore in order to be able to build for the future you're going to need as much of your income as possible so you can allocate it towards a very specific plan, a specific and realistic plan. It's going to be impossible for you to do that whilst you still carry debt the alternative would be to find a way to earn additional income which for some people is not going to be easy and for most in most cases will take time for you to be able to develop and maintain so it's sustainable in most cases it's another thing for you to think about and people often underestimate the power of what how beneficial it would be just to focus on the debt repayments and try and clear that down in opposed to trying to build an additional source of income elsewhere because all the time you're trying to do that that's an additional stress you're also still going to be having your debt as well so what I'm saying here is there's nothing wrong with trying to build an additional uh, form of income if you absolutely need that but do not ignore the debt that you can also carry at the moment. You need to find a way to actually pay that down. Um, and you need to have a, a really clear, specific, realistic plan for that. Now, we talked a little bit about goals. And I digress there a little bit, I apologize. But with goals, you have to be clear on what you want. If you understand exactly what it what, what you want, then you're able to basically work backwards to figure out what steps you absolutely need to take in order to make that happen in five years' time, in 10 years' time, whatever your timeline might actually be. Now, for many people, you may struggle with this sitting down one-on-one. The first thing that I would do, and this is just a one that I'll throw out there just to give you a little bit of guidance for this episode, but if you really want some help, this is something that I do on coaching with people quite regularly. You want to sit down with your budget, you want to understand what you've got coming in, what you've got going out. Once you understand what your goals are, so for example, if it is, I want to get a buy-to-let property, I want to buy my first property, you then need to understand what it is that you're actually going to be working towards. So for example, if it is for your own property, how much of a deposit do you actually need? You're probably going to need around about a 10% deposit. So depending on where you are in the country, you also then need to identify, for example, whether you want a two-bedroom flat, a three-bedroom flat, or a three or four-bedroom house. What is the price of that house at the moment in current times? Then you then need to work back what ten percent is, and don't forget to factor in things like your legal fees, so on and so forth. Typically, they'll cost you maybe between another three thousand pounds or maybe up to five thousand pounds on top of it. Now, when most people sit down and do this, they look at the numbers and they get absolutely frightened. And you know what? I always say to people, good, because you being frightened by the number should tell you that focus is really really important and I think where most people get into the conundrum where they feel it's too late is because maybe in the past they've looked at this kind of stuff before and thought that's a big number I'm never going to hit it and they give up straight away don't even attempt to try and make small inroads into it and in most cases guys it is going to be small baby steps that you're going to make as inroads into your goal. That's just the way life is, unfortunately. But it's amazing how these small steps actually add up to bigger steps that then get you to where you want to be. And the biggest thing that I've always found when, especially when I'm coaching people, is that a lot of this is all about habits. We understand what the goal is, and this brings me onto the second point. We understand what the specific realistic goal is, but we then have to cultivate Conducive habits behind that goal in order to make it a reality. So, for example, again using the house example, you want to get a, a property of your own. If you've just realised that all of a sudden you need fifteen thousand pounds to to be to be set aside for your deposit and your legal fees, well, all of a sudden the question becomes: Well, you've got five years. Maybe that's your timeline. You divide that twelve thousand pounds by sixty months. You then get to a monetary amount. Well, what you then need to do is you need to find a way of actually saving and putting away that monetary amount into something separate to your main bank account. And therein comes a habit. So, the act of you being paid, knowing that you've got X amount of surplus income to work towards your goal, and you may have the full amount to pay in to get you there within your five years. You may have slightly less, right? And again, we're going to be talking about habits here, but the habit of you understanding that you got paid and that money's got to go to a separate account and setting up things like standing orders are simple forms of financial habits that will help you get further down the road than if you did nothing at all. Habits are so important to reaching your goal and you know especially when you get to the point where for example if you're looking at the monetary amount that you need I'm going to make this up Let's just say it's 300 pounds per month and let's just say you, when you look at all of your income and your expenses and you look at what you can afford to put in and you realize, well, actually, I'm sp- I need to put away 300 pounds, but I can only put away 100. Well, the habit, the financial habit that is then required is being able to have a really honest conversation with yourself around the things that you're paying for that you absolutely need and do not need. I've done this before in the past. I've got my budget down to the point where it's skeleton. And that isn't to say that I don't live a good life and I don't have luxuries. I do, but I just don't pay for things that are absolutely unnecessary. A prime example is this, phone. I used to pay 70, 80 pounds a month for my phone. I no longer do that. I now have a pay-as-you-go SIM card and I pay 10 pounds a month, saving myself between 60 to 70 pounds a month. That is a huge saving. It may not seem like it on a monthly basis, but when you add this up over the year, it is a significant amount of money. You then times that annual amount up by five or by six or whatever it is your timeline is, then all of a sudden you're looking at large pots of money. Now that's just one thing that I've mentioned there within my budget. Let's have a look at something else. For example, if if you're, you've got the full package Sky, but you're not using the full package on Sky, you go down to a skeleton and maybe you're paying 65 pounds and you can get it down to 40. Well, all of a sudden you're saving yourself an extra 25 pounds per month there. You times that by 12, then times that by your timeline, All of a sudden, you add that onto what you could save on a mobile phone contract, then you've got even more money set aside. And I know that this sounds very, very rudimentary, guys, but this is something that we often skip because we don't pay attention to the small things that will help us. The small things add up over time. It's that compounding effect. We talk about it all the time when we're investing, right? The same thing applies when it comes to our personal finances. Those small things make a massive, massive difference. And it is, you know, I will talk about maybe something that maybe the men listeners to the podcast may think, hang on a second, Pete, that's going a little too far. But think about what car you drive. Do you really need to drive a BMW that costs four, five, six hundred pounds per month? Do you really? Could you get a bounce in something that's a little less in monetary cost, but maybe not look as good and be as massaging to the ego? I pause because believe me, I've had that conversation with myself and it is a painful realization to come to. <laughs> it really, really is. I know. But these are all things that do make a huge difference. I will tell you a story though. As many of you guys know, I, I drive a Tesla. I've had my Tesla now for six years this year. I'm going to drive this thing until it no longer works. But when I bought this Tesla, I was working, at, working in Canary Wharf. I was earning really, really good money. And for many of you who've been following the podcast through this year and last year, you'll know that my poor, bad financial habit that I've managed to curb is the fact that I'm very impulsive. I bought the car on impulse. I gave a 10, 15,000 pound deposit for it and signed up to a a finance agreement that meant that I was paying 867 pounds per month for that car. It is absolutely ridiculous to think about that. Okay. Now, for me, I've paid off the car now and I paid that off last year after being made redundant. And I used some of my emergency, emergency funds to do that because I still needed a car, but I couldn't face the fact of getting rid of the car, then buying something else, then having to pay fuel and all, all this stuff for it. So I paid off the car all in one go. So now I don't have that burden of 860 odd pounds per month to go out of my account. That can go into my goals. And the same thing applies here. The reason why I tell that story is because if you're, if, you're, if you're financing a vehicle, which is often one of the bigger outgoings that you're going to incur on a monthly basis, that you don't necessarily have to be paying for, that's where you could save large chunks of money. So if, you're, if you could save 150, 200 pounds on your finance, you add that up over a year, times that by the number of years, which is your timeline all of a sudden that in conjunction with your sky bill and your mobile phone bill becomes a lot of money and then all of a sudden this fifteen pound target that you've got becomes way more realistic because you're utilizing your income more efficiently by not paying it towards debt the last thing that i'm going to kind of mention which i think is really really important and I think this is going to apply mainly, well, it will apply for the older side of the spectrum that listen to this podcast, but I wouldn't really want to drive it home for the younger guys who, who and girls who listen to this podcast. Asset accumulation is key. Asset accumulation is key. There is a lot on social media right now around passive incomes and and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, I have no gripes with the idea of of passive income. However, when it's sold to younger people, it is sold as this thing of you can just lounge around for two, three days a week and just have money come in and not have to do anything at all. If you're young, I have to tell you this. If you're in your 20s, mid-20s, early 30s, I have to tell you this. Time is your friend. It's When you invest, time is your friend. The same thing applies when it comes to asset accumulation. You have the years in your favor. Right now, whilst you're young, you should be concentrating on trying to earn as much money as possible. And whether that be by passive means, whether that be by uh, uh, businesses that you own or want to develop, whether that be in a career, you need to be focusing on climbing up that income ladder as far as you possibly can. And importantly, crucially, not spunking all of your money up the wall like I did, being really thoughtful around what you're spending money on and retaining as much of what you earn as possible and investing or saving or doing whatever you need to do in order to accumulate assets. And when I say assets, I mean property, I mean investments, stocks, shares, acquiring even if you invest in crypto, acquiring crypto, acquiring assets that will appreciate in value, that could also include businesses. It's really important, guys. Really, really, really important. It's going to require some discipline. And look, when I said that, I'm mindful of the fact that many people will say, well, Pete, if I'm young, I need to enjoy my, my money. Well, actually, you do. Yes, absolutely. You do need to enjoy your money. And this is one thing that often comes up when I coach people. They say, I'm earning this money, but I really enjoy going out. I really enjoy, you know, going on holiday. And I'm like, yeah, you can do that. That's not a problem at all, but put it into a budget plan for it. Just don't be nonchalant and just be like, oh, this month I'm just going to go out because guess what? Every month you will go out. And I have worked with clients. I worked with the clients once he was earning 10, 15 grand a month, but spent pretty much everything and had huge credit card debts. And when I asked him, how do you earn so much and still have no money left over and still have 25 grand in credit card debt? His answer was, I don't know where the money goes. Well, I could tell you pretty quickly. It's because he didn't have any plans. He didn't know where his money was going. He just spent nonchalantly whatever he wanted. He'll get, he didn't think about it. He just spent kind of like I did I would never think about what I was spending. like so if I want it, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. And guess what? Because you're in that frame of mind, you always saw something that you wanted. There was no filter. There was no valve that you could shut off and say, ah, no, enough is enough. It was always, I can do this because I've got the money rolling in. So if you're in a position where you're earning really good money, make sure that you have that valve that you can just shut off to help control yourself. It's not what you earn, it's how much you're able to retain and where you put the money that makes the most uh, difference long-term. So guys, it is never, ever, ever too late. But the important thing is you have to take action and you have to take action today. Unfortunately, listening to this episode of the podcast is not going to be enough you are going to have to sit down. You're going to have to think about what your long-term goals are. You're going to have to sit down with your finances. You're going to have to sit down with your debt. You're going to have to look at it really honestly and dispassionately and be very, very honest with yourself around what you're actually doing. And really think about where you are now, where you want to be in the future, and what it's going to take for you to bridge that gap in the middle. And, you know, I have to stress this. Don't make it so painful that it becomes too much of a sacrifice and I'm not also saying that you should make it really really easy you know if you can afford to to save 100 pounds a month save 100 pound a month don't be like oh that might be a little bit too difficult so I'm just going to save 50 no that extra 50 quid (laughs) that you don't save and spend unnecessarily will make a huge difference over the course of time so you have to be honest with yourself but don't make it too painful Make it a little bit painful, a little bit painful. It makes you think every month, oh, that's good. It's because you're thinking about it. That's a really good financial habit. But you need to be honest with yourself and you need to look at it dispassionately and just be clear-headed in what you do. If you guys do need help, and this is one thing that I've noticed is that people often struggle with the accountability. That's what I do one-on-one with people. Feel free to reach out. There will be a link in the show notes below. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, guys, have an amazing week. Remember, money's a tool, life is for living. I will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.